morning. I know you're looking forward. Hi, Johan. This is your day. He is looking at me with his blue eyes. He's looked so beautiful. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm fond of little children's stories. And I, I found a story, a uh, short one, and I'd like to share it with you. Uh, this is a mother telling a story. She says, my eight-year-old son, Noah, was discussing parent problems. Can you imagine two little boys discussing parents' problems, yeah? What, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> he was discussing his problems with his little friend. Of course, they had a lot of complaints. Dustin was overheard grumbling. First, they teach you to talk. Then they teach you to walk. And as soon as you do it, it's sit down and shut up. I enjoyed that. I thought of sharing it with you, since it's Johan's day today. So, <laughs> and you know, when I read stories like this, I think of uh, the destroyer of the church. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Steve. What's his name? Your son. <laughs> God bless Timothy's heart. You know, he's grown to be a young man, he, and he converses with you. Uh, catch him while leaving. He will converse with you for an hour, <laughs> nonstop. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 28 and verse 9, I'll read it to you, you don't need, but it's a beautiful verse. To whom shall God teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from milk and drawn from the breast. Arnold Toynbee, possibly the greatest historian of all time, said, When I was four years old, my mother began telling me bedtime stories from history. She made me a historian an embryo. If worldly mothers teach their babies what they want them to be at an early stage, even when they are in their womb, what should Christian mothers do? Children are God's gift, folks. And Robert and Modali, you have a great gift in your arms now. And we as parents are to instill in them the love of God, his ways, as soon as they are born. Paul writing to Timothy in support of that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, and he's writing to his dear child Timothy saying, from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able, what? to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So, again, a reminder to all the mothers and all the fathers, all the parents, start 
when they are in your womb. Start talking to them. I notice that uh, Natalie talks to her little baby while she's there and she talks to her. She's asleep now. She's awake now. She sings to her. Randy sings to her. And uh, this is unbelievable. You know what? Start there. Start there. And there's nothing wrong with that. And when they start opening their eyes to the world, they will hear you singing to them beautiful hymns. And they will learn the first, I hope the first name they'll learn is the name of Jesus. Amen. Robert and Modali. And I have five things. Uh, I want to ask Johan, Johan to speak to us. If he were to speak or to address his father and mother this morning. And uh, I hope hear what Johan would say. I am a special gift from God. You agree to that, right, Robert? I am a special gift. Treasure me as God intended you to do. You're responsible. And there's a big responsibility. When God gives us these gifts, this is a miracle. Childbearing is a miracle. Children is a miracle. It's a gift from God. What God intends them to do, he didn't he did not intend them to do drugs. He did not intend them to go and join gangs. He did not intend them to go and live their life the way they want to live it. He intended them to be his children. His children. And that's what Johan is telling his mom and dad and telling us. The second point he's telling us, hold me accountable for my actions. Hold me accountable for my actions. In other words, discipline me. Yeah. And Modali said, you know what it means. <laughs> Give me guidelines to live by. He needs guidelines. He needs to be accountable. And discipline me in a loving manner. This is what I ask. In brief, he says, number three, I need your encouragement, but not your empty praise. In other words, encourage me and don't tell me words that are void, empty words. Be firm. I love authority. Ask Johann Robert, does he love authority? I love authority and I value your guidance and care. And this is a big responsibility. To make our children, first to encourage them, at the same time, discipline them. And don't give them praise that does not apply to their growth. Please be careful. Number four, Johan is telling his mom and dad, take me to Sunday school. Is he coming to Sunday school? Robert, is he coming to Sunday school? Okay, good. And take me to church regularly. Setting a good example for me to follow. In other words, you mom and dad come to church regularly and set an example so when I grow up, I will come to church. That's what children, I mean, what do you teach them? They will follow. You, you talk, take them on Sunday morning to the ball game, they will grow up going to the ball game. 
You teach them to come to church and obey God and worship God, they will come and sing hymns. And one day, if you do that, Johann, if we live to see that day before the Lord comes, Johann will stand here and his father will be sitting there and you will be proud of him, mom and dad, that he's sitting here singing with the choir and doing what God wanted him to do. He's telling you today, I enjoy learning more about God. Don't starve me. Don't starve me. Don't put your own interest before the Lord Jesus Christ. And bring me to church. The last word before we say a prayer. Help me to hide the word of God in my heart and live by it. It's a responsibility to open the word of God and feed him. It's what you feed him you will grow on. For this will make you proud of me in the future. Henry Ward Beecher once said, when a child is born into the world, God draws his hand out from near his own heart and lends something of himself to the parent and says, keep it till I come. Robert and Modali, Johan is God's gift to you for keeps. Train him in his ways and you'll never lose him to the world. Would you come up here, please? Kim, come on up. You too. You too. You're part of the family. Look at those blue eyes. Hi. Hi. <laughs> He's smiling. Praise God. How old is he now? Eleven months Monday. Nine. Nine months Monday. Thank God. Okay, stay put so we can pray. Yeah. <laughs> Let us pray the blessings upon God, of God upon this family, upon Robert. Would you like to see your son? Being here one day, singing the beautiful hymns. I enjoy watching my daughter. Why, why not my son? Amen. Amen. Where is Kim? Okay. Let us bow our heads for prayer and enjoy them. And bless this family. Oh, Lord, our Father, we pray for your blessings upon this family. We wish Johan a very happy childhood and good health in his parents' care. And as he grows, we pray that he will know the Lord as his Savior and that he will honor his father and mother, for he shall have length of days. Lead his parents by your powerful presence, and guide them by your spirit to raise this child, along with his sister Kim, in your ways, always seeking your face for counsel, for directions, and for obedience. In your name we ask and pray. Amen. May God bless him and grow him, and keep you, so you can take care of them both. May God bless you. Thank you very much. Let's give him a hand. Come here, Kim. Who are you? Well, until the next one, stay safe. And I will have a story of young people for you late ne next time.
Now we are going to be favored by a song, I believe. Uh, and who's singing today? Ginny. Search my heart with your hope. 
Thank you, Jenny, for that beautiful song. Is that your heart's desire today, that God would change you? That you'll go out different than you came in? That's a great prayer for us. Because we should never stay the same. We should be growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord every day. And every day he has something new to teach us. Just like little Johan, he's learning something new every day, right? He learns to walk. He learns to talk. He'll learn all the things. That's the way the Christian life is. We start off as babies as Christians. And we grow up to be men and women of God to serve him. That's our joy. That's our peace. That's what he's given us to do. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we come before you this morning to look into your holy word by your Holy Spirit. And we need you so much, Lord. We're conscious of the fact that we are inadequate, but you are adequate for all things. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would take the words today and they would be your words and they would be applied to each heart so that you would change us, Lord. Like we sometimes sing on Wednesday night, change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, may I be like you. Lord, make us more like Jesus today and less like ourselves so that we can be a blessing to others. May you speak through your word and through your spirit. Lord, hide me behind your cross, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was watching a program last night on the HD channels. You know, HD is fantastic, and it's so clear and everything. And there was, they were telling a story about a group of people called the Nova Team, and they were all training for the Boston Marathon. How many people know how far the Boston Marathon is, what the distance is? 26 miles, 385 yards. It's a long ways to run. And these people started off, and they said, we're going to train to run the Boston Marathon. And guess when they started to train? In the middle of winter. And you saw them, and there was a group of them. There was 12 of them. And they were, they were learning to run. They were not expert runners. They were novices, and they had to learn how to train and to run. And they started off by running two miles. Then they got it up to five miles. Then they ran 10, and then up to 20. And then by the time the race came, they were ready to run the 26-mile marathon. And it was a long ways to run. One of them came in in a little over four hours, which is about two hours after the winners of the race came in. And then there were some that were straggling in five hours later, six hours later. One came in at six hours and 38 minutes. They were still putting away all the things from the race. They were taking everything down. And here's this person. And they're cheering this person on to the finish line like they were winning the race because they had the endurance to finish what they started. Some of them were in pain. Their knees were bothering them. They, couldn't, they were walking, and then they, they came to the finish line. And there was their coach there, their trainer there, and he was cheering them on like they were the fastest in the world. And I thought to myself, this goes exactly what I've been thinking about for the message today. And the title of our message is Endurance Till the End. The Lord wants us to finish the race until the end. He wants us to have endurance. He wants us to build us up so that we can finish the race strong for Him. And as Christians, we go through obstacles in life. We go through hard times. We go through pain and difficulty. And we're tempted in our flesh to quit, to give up. It's too much, Lord. I can't handle it. They have a hill in the Boston Marathon. It's famous. You might have heard of it. It's called Heartbreak Hill. And it's in the race about 20 miles 
into the race. You're tired. You're winded. You don't know if you can make it. And all of a sudden, you have to go up this hill. And the Lord does that in our Christian life. He trains us and disciplines us and helps us because it's going to be a hard journey. It's going to be a tough race. It's a long race. The Christian life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And God is with us in that marathon until we finish it. And he wants to give us endurance. Now, I turn to my trusty Webster's New World Dictionary, and it says that endurance is the ability to continue or remain, the ability to stand pain, distress, and fatigue, fortitude. Do you have this kind of endurance today? Or if you allowed the things of this world, the pressure, the stress, the difficulties, whether at home, at work, or wherever you go, to overwhelm you, keep running. Don't give up. That's the message from the Lord to us today. I'll give you endurance to make it. Make it to the finish line. And be like Paul where he could finish the race and says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And now there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me on that day. And not only to me but to all those who love his appearing. And that's us. And we're going to win the race. We're going to win the prize. Please turn with me this morning to the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. And we'll begin reading at the 32nd verse. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32. The early Christians, the Hebrew Christians that are spoken of here went through some really hard times as we're going to see in this passage. But let's read it together. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32. Many people believe that Paul wrote this book. I believe it. But if you don't, that's okay because it's part of the word of God and it's for our hearts. But he says, But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated... You endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, and if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe in the saving of the soul. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. A lot of times I like points that all start with the same letter, but an acronym can also spell out a word or a, or a thing. Today, it's CPR. This is the Christian CPR. Commitment to endurance. P, power for endurance. And third, R, the result. Of endurance. So hopefully that'll be easy for us to remember. CPR, commitment, power, and result of endurance. 
You know, one of my old friends back in the early days was named Walt Huckabee, and he came and visited our church and spoke one time when we were at the Grange Hall. And he used to have an expression that I really liked. He said, keep on keeping on. And you can really say that that's a great definition of endurance and the Christian life. Keep on keeping on. The ones who keep on will finish the race. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be victorious. He says, don't stop, don't quit, don't give up, don't give in. Don't surrender to the enemy. God wants us to endure to the end. Well, let's look at our first point this morning, which is commitment to endurance. These early Christians, look what they went through. In verse 32, it said they had a great struggle of suffering. That was hard, but they endured. They kept going. And it says in verse 33, they were made a spectacle by reproaches and tribulations. That was difficult for them. Verse 34 says they joyfully accepted the plundering or confiscation of their possessions. Can you imagine if somebody came to your home tonight and knocked on your door and said, you're a Christian, right? Yes, we're taking your home. We're taking your car. We're taking all your possessions. You're a Christian. We don't want anything to do with Christians. We don't want anything to do with Jesus. We're going to take it all away. Notice they didn't just accept it. It says they joyfully accepted it because they realized they had something better in heaven. Take it away. Let them have it. Because everything that we can see with our eyes and touch with our hands is going to be burned up in the future anyway. So should we not put our hope and confidence in Jesus and endure till the end no matter what he has us go through? I mean, when you think of endurance and you think of sacrifice and suffering, you think of the Apostle Paul. He went through so much. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was put into prison on at least two different occasions. And finally, he was beheaded by Nero. So all that Paul went through, he endured to the end. He had endurance, and he did it for God's glory. Think of people like Abraham, like Moses, like Joseph, and like Job in the Old Testament. They endured even says in the book of James of the endurance of Job, the patience of Job to go through all that he did and then he made it. He made it. And you know who's rooting for us to make it? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's rooting for us to make it. But there's somebody on the side that's discouraging us and it's the devil. You can't make it. You're weak, Ed. You blew it. Melissa, Amber, you can't do it. The devil, and he doesn't shout it like that, he whispers it in our ears to get us discouraged, to get us off the track, to get us out of the race. And yet the Lord says, you can do it because I'm with you. And I'm going to help you get to the finish line. I'm going to give you that endurance to keep going. That's the way the Lord deals with us. He's there for us every step of the way, every stride of the way. If you turn over your Bibles a couple of pages to Hebrews chapter 12, it's one of our favorite passages of Scripture, speaking of this subject of endurance. And notice what he says. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And how should we do it? Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. None of us ever have, nor will we ever have to, go through what our Lord Jesus went through on the cross. None of us will. None of us can compare it. We can't even compare it to what Paul went through. Now, we do have difficulties. We do have pain. We do have suffering. And the Lord wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to be good finishers. He wants us to endure to the end. I got a magazine in the mail the other day, the Christian Missions in Many Lands magazine, which has interesting information on missionaries. And one of the missionaries just recently passed away. And his two sons were writing about their father's life, how he got saved, how the Lord called him and his wife to go serve the Lord in Chile. And one of the things that really struck me about this is this man had a motto to live by that was taken from the words of C.T. Studd. I don't know if anybody has heard of him or not, but he is a great man of God. And he said this, and it really impacted me. He said, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice is too great for me to make for him. If Jesus Christ is God, that makes all the difference in the world. If Jesus Christ is God and he was willing to love me and sacrifice himself for me, how should I not be willing to sacrifice everything for him? No sacrifice is too great. He wants us to keep running, keep fighting, keep going for the kingdom of God. And you know, the Christian life is not going to be easy. It never is going to be easy. And he wants us to grow. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to have endurance. This man named Neil Orchard was speaking to a farmer one day. And of course, if he was living in this day, it would be great because he was a, a farmer who grew soybeans and corn crops. Think about that. Soybeans are very popular now. And corn crops, they're using it to make fuel out of. So this guy would be rich. But at this time, I don't think he was too well off. But he said this. He said rain had been abundant and the results were evident. But he surprised me by his comment. He said, my crops are especially vulnerable. Even a short drought could have a devastating effect. And the man, Neil uh, Orchard, wondered why. And the man explained it. He says, because during the rainy season, the rains come down and the roots of the plant do not have to go down deep because the water's right there. And so... They're fine, but when the drought comes, because their roots are not down deep in the ground, the plants are vulnerable. And if the drought comes, they will die. And he goes on to explain that in the Christian life, abundant rains of worship, fellowship, and teaching are a benefit. However, if we don't trust God to put our roots down deep and gain endurance and strength, then the devil can come along and interfere with us. We have to put our root system down deep, not on the surface. A lot of Christians today, something really bad happens. It might be an accident or an illness, a loss of a loved one, a job or whatever, and they go down for the count. One, two, they're down for the count. Two, three, four, they're down for the count. The referees count. Five, six, and that Christian is down on the ground. The Lord doesn't want us down on the ground. We're going to be down, we're going to be low, we're going to be discouraged sometimes, but he doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to endure and keep going no matter what. 
we are going through. God sends the struggles, he sends the pain, he sends the problems to develop our faith, to grow our faith, to grow that endurance so that we can handle other things that he sends our way in the future. And yet so many times, and I'm like this too, when something really bad happens, really hard happens, I say, Lord, please take this away. Could you please, Lord, please just take away this pain? Right now I'm going through pain in both of my feet, in the heels and in the balls of my feet. Very painful. Even to stand, walk, anything, it's going through it. But I'm saying, I pray, Lord, take it away. But what does the Lord answer? My grace is sufficient for you. Think about the Apostle Paul. He was a great evangelist and missionary and man of God, one of the greatest apostles ever. And he prayed three times, Lord, take away this thorn in the flesh. Take it away, Lord. And a lot of people think it's an eye disease that he has. And he prayed, take it away. But God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. But we say, but Lord, my grace is sufficient for you. Kind of whiny, you know, we say, but Lord... My grace is sufficient for you. Wouldn't it be amazing when we get to heaven and the Lord explains all the trials we went through, all the difficulties, and he says, I could have taken it away immediately. I could have healed you right away. I could have taken away that suffering, taken away that pain and all the problems, but you wouldn't grow. You'd be like those plants where the water's on the surface. It wouldn't have gone deep into the ground. He needs to ground us in Christ. He needs us to mature And to do that, he's got to allow the struggle. We don't like the struggles. We don't like the pain. There's no fun in that. But afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It has a result for us in our life that God will be glorified. Yes, his grace is sufficient. Because if your pain is up here, his grace is up here. If your pain is down here, his grace is here. He meets the need that we have with his grace. So that's the commitment to endurance. And how many of you will be willing to say today, Lord Jesus, I'm in this marathon with you. You're going to run it with me and I'm going to finish it, Lord. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit, even when it's tough. I'm not going to leave where you put me. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to give you all. That's a commitment to endurance. Secondly, there's power for endurance. You know, we can't do it in ourselves. We can't just say, I'm going to muster up the endurance today and I'm going to do everything I have to do and I'm just going to pull up myself by my bootstraps and no, it doesn't work. We need his help. We need his grace. We need his power. And we praise God for that because without him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And that's the beautiful thing to know that he can be counted on for us. Students, how many young people are students here today? Do you get an A on every test, Sarah? No? No, she doesn't get an A on every test. You know what? I never got an A on every test either. And we don't always succeed at everything in life. We're not perfect. And at work, we don't get every job we apply for, nor do we get every promotion we want. We don't make all the money we want to have. Things are not always easy. We might get sick. We might have an accident. Things don't always turn out that way. You know, in life, there's a lot of disappointments and a lot of frustrations, and there's a lot of injustice in the world. But we can thank God that he knows that, and he says, you can overcome it. I'm going to help you overcome these things. If you're willing to be committed to endurance, I'll be with you. 
I was watching Charles Stanley, not t I was watching it today, but I was watching it last Sunday, and he was talking about a friend of his in college that gave him a picture. And he took this picture and he put it in his study and he saw it every day. And then one day it hit him in a special way because this picture was a picture of a young man at the helm of a ship. You might have seen it. And he's got the, the wheel of the ship. His hands are on the wheel. And Jesus is standing behind him. With one hand, Jesus has his hand on his shoulder like this. And with the other hand, he's pointing the way like this. And I said, wow, that's my life. That's your life. The Lord Jesus is in control. He's the captain. He's the pilot. But he's, we're at the wheel. And he says, okay, turn left, turn right. He directs our lives. He says, you can make it. You're going to make it to the safe harbor. You're going to make it to the end. Yes, the Lord is so very good to us. You know, it reminds me of a horse jumping contest, though. I was watching this quite a couple few years ago. And one day there was a horse... And the man was riding the horse. And you know they have, it's called a steeplechase. The horse comes up and he jumps over the barrier. And they time them. And, and you don't want to get any faults, it's called. Because if you touch the bar, that counts against you. Or if you knock it off, that really counts against you. Well, this horse was strong and confident and everything. And the man was riding it. All of a sudden, he got up to the, to the jump. And that horse would not jump. Okay, so he went around. Come around again the second time. Okay, here we go. Let's call the horse Charlie. Okay, Charlie, time to go. Let's go. He would not jump over the barrier. Charlie, Charlie, what's wrong? We practiced this. We did it time after time. You never had a problem. What's the matter with you? Okay, we'll go around the third time. So he goes around the third time, and then he comes, and the horse stops again, dead in his tracks. This time, though, he throws the rider over the reins and over the barrier and into the water. Lord wants us to do his will. And if he says to jump, we say, Lord, yes, I'll jump. And how high do you want me to jump? He wants us to endure. He wants us to sacrifice. He wants us to do whatever he asks us to do so that we can be overcomers for him. Notice what it says in verse 36. He says, for you need, you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You know, sometimes we think in life the Lord allows a lot of heavy things for us to do, and it's hard. But you know what? The confidence is this. God will never allow anything in your life or in my life that he doesn't give us enough grace to bear it. He will never allow us to go any, through anything that's too much for us. He knows our breaking point, and he knows what he can get us through, and praise be to God for that. So he gives us endurance to make it. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation overtaken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. One man named Oliver Goldsmith said, Our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fall. And every time we fall, and if we fall, there the Lord is to pick us up. He's not going to let us stay down on the ground. He's going to help us up to keep going. Come on, keep going. Charles Spurgeon once said, Men owe the grandeur of their lives to their tremendous difficulty. You see a person successful, especially in Christ, keep in mind their life wasn't smooth, it wasn't easy, it was painful. And they got to where they did 
by the grace of God, by the troubles and trials they went through. I read a story about a young 16-year-old golfer in 1992 who was playing in the tournament down in Miami, Florida. And this young 16-year-old was full of himself, very proud and so forth. And he started to play badly. And so instead of continuing on the course, he started to get discouraged. And then he started to play even worse. And then finally he stopped trying altogether. Well, after the tournament was over, after the round was over, his father took him aside and just chewed him out. Chewed him out, he says. Golf owes you nothing. He says, I don't want to ever, ever see you quit again. And the name of that golfer? Tiger Woods. Is he a great golfer? Is he a champion? Yes. His father wouldn't let him give up. And our Heavenly Father won't let us give up. He won't let us quit. He won't let us fail. We're going to succeed. We're going to get to the finish line. We're going to be victorious. But we have to have the commitment to endurance. And we have to have his power to be enduring Christians. Yes, it was a wonderful thing to know that he gives us the perseverance to continue even when we want to stop. And then finally, the result of endurance. You know those people that I talked about? They finished the race. That was the result. They finished it. And when I used to run, they used to give us a, a ribbon finisher. It said finisher on it. It meant you made it to the finish line. You may not have won the race. You may not have got a trophy or a medal or anything like that. But you made it to the end. You didn't quit. There was a story in the Olympics a long time ago where this man was running and he almost collapsed. In fact, he did collapse right before the finish line. And he had to just fall the last few feet of that race until he reached the finish line. But he finished. And we're going to finish. We can make it. But we need God's grace and we need his help every day of our lives. And the Lord is with us. You know, I read a story about a shepherd dog and the shepherd. And one day the shepherd drove part of his flock off and left them with his faithful dog. And he took the remainder of the sheep. And the next day he was planning to come back, but circumstances, two days later actually, he was planning to come back, but circumstances prevented his returning. So it was the third day he finally came back. And he asked them, did anybody visit my dog? Did anybody help him? No. He says, no, he's probably dead because he's so faithful. He won't leave his post. No food, nothing, no water. And he ran to his dog. And he saw that dog, and that dog came to him, crawling, crawling to his master's feet. He was so happy to see him. And then, just shortly after that, the dog died. The Lord loves us so much. He says, you're in it till the end. Don't give up. Keep going. Be faithful to me, and I will give you the grace. Because notice in this passage in Hebrews 10, 37 and 38, it says, For a little while... And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. And if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. May the Lord help us remember the message today of the CPR. Commitment to endurance. Power of endurance. And the third one, the result of endurance. CPR. So next time when you hear the word CPR, or the acronym, you hear it? You'll remember, hopefully, the word, keep going. Don't give up. Keep running. Keep fighting. Keep battling. And the Lord will give us grace.
I found this little humorous story. Hopefully it will be a blessing to you. It's a story of two frogs, and I'll end with this. It's a poem, so hopefully you'll like it. Two frogs fell into a can of cream, or so I've heard it told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use, croak number one? Tis fate, no helps around. Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye, sad world. And weeping still, he drowned. But number two of Cerner's stuff, dog paddled in surprise, that while he wiped his creamy face and dried his creamy eyes. I'll swim a while, at least, he said, or so I've heard he said. It wouldn't help the world if one more frog were dead. An hour or two he kicked and swam. Not once he stopped to mutter, but kicked and swam and swam and kicked, then hopped out via butter. <laughs> now is that endurance or what? Is that positive? Is that endurance or what? He made the butter out of the cream. May God help us to be those who endure till the end so that we can be victorious, we can help others, we can encourage others, and be a blessing. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the challenge of your word. We pray that we will be Christians who endure, Lord, no matter what pain you allow, troubles or trials or difficulty. Lord, I don't know what all the brothers and sisters and people in this sanctuary are going through, Lord, but you do. You know what we're going through. You know our unspoken requests as well as our spoken ones, Lord. Please help us to have endurance. Please bring into our lives those things that we need to grow, to be strong. The marathon is a long race, Lord, and we're in it for, for the long run. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to you, to sacrifice everything, to consider no sacrifice too great for you, and help us to run with endurance, Lord, the race that is set before us. Please give us encouragement. Please encourage us along the way, and help us to encourage others that may be ready to quit or give up. Help us to be a blessing, Lord. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen.